Welcome to a special episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. The election is a week away. I'm talking about the presidential election, Senate, other things up for grabs. Very important to encourage you to vote. But this is uh, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I do want to talk about uh, relating some of the current events. Uh, this is an episode that won't just deal with the sports page, but I'll talk about some terms and definitions of things from the financial pages as well as the front pages. What's being discussed in our politicized culture. Now, loyal listeners know that back in episode 315, I already discussed the kind of what were considered the top 12 issues for voters in this election. I don't want to rehash that. And so I've titled this uh, Price Guide Hacks because I think some of the issues that are being discussed have application for not just our hobby, but uh, the way the price guide uh, was and is being put together and the way people look at prices in our hobby now. Thanks, sponsors. Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Compsy.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, and Huggins and Scott Auctions. In that earlier episode, I said, not only should you vote uh, next week or absentee or mail, whatever, but I said, if you don't vote, you shouldn't complain about the outcome. And I'm rethinking that. I, I think... I've now talked to some people that they're not going to vote. I, I actually don't agree with that, but that certainly is, they have a right to not vote. And uh, they don't have to say if they're not going to vote, but that is a statement in and of itself. It's not the same <laughs> in the sports card world about complaining about a sports card product that you did not buy or try. And of course, the difference is there, there there's a lot of alternatives with sports cards. They didn't buy this, but I could buy that. In politics, it's just a choice of two, really. There are some other uh, choices on the ballot, but there's only two that have a realistic choice of being the next president of the United States. And again, to take it back to the hobby, uh, many people are saying they're going to vote for the presidential candidate or ticket that they find least objectionable with regard to personality or policies. But isn't that like going to Walmart or Target and looking for one of these exciting uh, blasters and you walk in and they're not there? And then you are you going to turn around and walk out with nothing? Uh, or are you going to take some of the stuff that's been there for a long time? And so price guide hack number one, there are lots of alternatives, but certainly it's important to just say no sometimes. And it's okay to say no. I'm not going to participate. One of the things that's come up in the election and the discussion is the idea of a universal basic income. And uh, that's a little bit about what we saw in the stimulus checks earlier this year. I believe that was definitely good for the hobby and probably for the country, certainly in the short run. But it may stimulate inflation. And even that may be good or not so good for the hobby in the long run. But better than a universal basic income, I, I believe people need uh, equal opportunity. And I think rather than giving them money, which everybody likes to have money, but where's the money coming from? I'd like to see universal broadband. I think that would be a greater equalizer in our society with some positive outcomes in education as well as in commerce. Because giving people equal opportunity, again, if they've got, uh, uh, they don't have high speed internet, they, they don't really have equal opportunity. And then they have a greatly reduced chance at an at a equal outcome, which is what people want. They don't want just the opportunity. They want to be successful. Uh, there's a lot of talk about net neutrality. And I, the main discussion I hear about net neutrality is that it's people don't like to have their internet slowed down because of uh, a special treatment to the big corporate customers. I, like I said, I'm not coming at it that way. I'm in favor of everybody having fast internet. If, if there was some additional fee that some customers paid to make it even super duper fast, I, I have, I don't have a problem with that, but let's start with everybody having uh, the kind of, the, I don't know that I'd call it a basic right. 
but high speed affordable internet is is important for a nation. And while we're at it, if we're, if you're giving out free stuff instead of giving out free money that's going to be spent, give everybody a free smartphone, but hardwired in such a way that it only works for you. So you can't steal it because it only works for you. Some creative things like that give everybody a chance. Minimum wage, a lot of talk about that. In the hobby, I don't, everybody would like to make more money. But if you're the employer, which I've said, I'm the entrepreneur, well, you don't just give money to people. You're, there's an exchange in return for the labor. There needs to be a, people need to be paid, say this the right way, slightly less than what they're worth. If they're bringing $15 an hour into the company based on their labor, if you pay them $15 or more, there's no profit. So there needs to be some profit, not obscene profits. So I love side gigs. I think that's the great equalizer to whether or not minimum wage would be in your state or is and regardless of whether minimum wage goes up, I don't think the the unintended consequence would there be less side gigs if minimum wage were were, were higher. And I think probably not because I think people love this hobby. Uh, a lot of discussion about uh, depending on who's elected, whether it be tax cuts or tax increases. And I think both sides, the rhetoric seems to be focused mostly on these extreme wage earners, the top one percent. But in reality, tax. It's probably going to be the top half. It's the people that make money that can that, that pay the taxes. If you don't make very much, you're not going to get taxed very much. The big share of the revenue is going to come from people who make most of the money, so more the top half. And that probably includes a lot of collectors and, and especially serious collectors. Will that affect their collecting? Are they going to reduce their collecting based on taxes? Generally not. Uh, it's the boiling frog analogy. If you increase the tax rate one or two percent, people don't change their behavior. But if you keep doing that year after year, sooner or later, Americans are going, going to want to become like what supposedly the, the nation of Greece, the Greeks do, that there's a lot of off book income that uh, not the, the tax the tax rate is zero for undeclared income and uh, the government's aware of it but it's hard to find if you're a collector and you're not paying taxes on your card income you, you, we'll see we'll see it's possibility that there could be some enforcement you ought to keep expenses and you ought to abide by the law another one is uh, fake news rather than fake news i think it's fast news it's instant news it's emotional news it's news that has exaggerated implied motives assigned to it. There's no time to do any fact checking. And even if you did do fact checking, there's conservative fact checkers and liberal fact checkers. In the early price guide days, we tried to gather as much sales data for cards as we could, but a lot of it was secondhand. It was it, it would not be as instant. Now it's instant. You can see instantly almost what has been sold. I'm not saying the data is more or less reliable because it, it is both more and less reliable, but we looked at the whole month. And so we could even out the lows and the highs. And But now every sale is watched closely and reported. And my price guide hack number two is that these individual one-off sales give much more weight now and hence make current price guides much more volatile and fluid than they were back in the old days. We do not, some people say we do not technically live in a democracy. We live in a republic. It's both of those true. Uh, the, uh, democracy, uh, demos is for the people, the citizens, and cressy is the government. So the people, the republic means the people, all the people though, elect representatives. 
And so we live in a republic. The, the democracy part is that everybody gets to vote, but they elect their representatives. Democracy is different from a meritocracy where supposedly the best people rule or a technocracy where the tech technocrats rule, uh, the technology elite or mediocracy, which is not mediocres, but the media ruling or making those determination. But the best one that I've heard now is uh, gerontocracy. That's my new favorite, tongue-in-cheek. It's elders ruling. So if you're old, you get to make the decisions. So price guide hack number three, our hobby microcosm, our small world of collecting, I believe is moving toward a technocracy. That's, in other words, ruling, decisions, governing, being worked out based on the data. There's a lot of mining of the data. That's not a bad thing, but it's so objective, it may be too objective. It may It's so sensitive, it may be too sensitive. I've read about oligarchs, and you're certainly aware of monarchs. Monarch, monarchy is a rule by one person, sometimes a family. Oligarchs are, there's a few of these uh, very wealthy families, usually reference to the Russian oligarchs. And they basically have so much control. They, they're not the monarch, but they have so much control with so much wealth that they get to make a lot of decisions. As I was reading about that, I realized, and this is price guide hack number four, is that I believe that when I got started back in the 70s, there were not financial oligarchs, but in the hobby of sports card collecting and baseball cards in particular, there were some kind of data oligarchs. There were some ultra uh, wise and understanding and knowledgeable dealers who knew exactly what was going on. And then there were all the other people that, that really didn't. And so they were able to have uh, undue influence and use their extreme, not wealth, but their knowledge to their own advantage to take advantage of others. And so price guide hack number four is that I believe now in hindsight that a key contribution to my early price guide success and the acceptance of those price guides was the cooperation of the data oligarchs from back in the day. And of course, I have to confess, I was one of them. But uh, I got the cooperation of them so that as they were sharing of some of their knowledge, it leveled the playing field and I think was a key factor in the growth of the industry. And I, I thank them for that. And here we are today. Foreign meddling, foreign interference in elections. There's been foreign interference and foreign meddling in our hobby. Are we against that? I don't think so. A sale is a sale. But I remember back in the 80s, and this is... Uh, you know, price guide hack number five is that back in the 80s, we had sales overseas, especially to Asian buyers who quote unquote distorted the prices of some of these tougher Michael Jordan and other iconic player cards. Whatever price we put, I remember going to the Hawaii shows and there would be Asian buyers who were, were just, would just buy up all the great cards. And the hobby is clearly global now. I don't regard it as meddling or interference. We live in a, in a, we live in a shrinking world where there is influence from others. And the antidote is uh, education. And with that education, this price got hack number five, that a sale is a sale. Again, you need to be armed with education because not every sale is equal. And some of the sales need to be taken with a grain of salt. Elizabeth Warren was a candidate for the uh, Democratic nomination, was not successful. Part of the reason she's known for this uh, idea of a wealth tax. And if anything's going to freak out a collector, it's telling them they're going to be paying taxes on their collection and the value of their collection. And so I, I, I know collectors whose net worth is maybe the second item in their net worth after their house is their card and memorabilia collection. So if that was going to be taxed, just the value of it, that would be, that'd be troublesome, obviously. But that points out price guide ha hack number six is that 
if that were the case, if you were going to be taxed on the value, then, and there already have been this, there's typically been more than one price guide. Like I've said, I want to have the best price guide, but the best price guide, if there's more than one price guide, there's always one of them that's going to be more conservative and one of them that's going to be a little more liberal. One's going to have higher prices leaning toward dealers. One's going to have lower prices. And so every price guide, every selling platform for that matter, every auction is more friendly to dealers or more friendly to collectors. And if you were going to be taxed on the value of your collection, you'd want a price guide that had a, a conservative bent to it. I, I believe coins have done that so that you, you would not want to overstate the value. You'd want to understate the value or be conservative. And then finally, the coronavirus. I know I talked about it before. It's a week to go on the election and both uh, parties are saying you need to elect us because we're going to, we're, we're going to get this uh, coronavirus figured out and worked out and even comments that as soon as the election's over, you're going to see improvement. I, I don't think so on the medical side, but on the hobby side, Kyle Robertson had a show, a pretty big show. It was completely indoors. It was pretty crowded. As Rich said, a number of most people were wearing masks, uh, but it's still a lot of people in an enclosed space. I haven't heard of any outbreaks, much less a cluster of outbreaks from the people that were at that show, any contact tracing. So finally, lastly, this price guide hack number seven has promised. In real life, face-to-face is still really important. And if you believe in not just price guides, but in the prices of cards and whether they're going up or down, 2021 should be a year. I, I really believe shows are going to be back full force with a vengeance. But you need to know how to work them. And basically, the difference between uh, uh, online and impersonal deals is that if you're in front of somebody, you get to be persuasive uh, in real life and you get to open up your wallet and fan out some cash. If people will accept your dirty cash, but I think most people will accept dirty $100 bills, probably dirty $20 bills, ones and fives, maybe not so much. So anyway, enjoyed this trip down memory lane as well as uh, what this nation's going to look like in a week. Thanks everybody. Be back again tomorrow. And I do encourage you to vote. The man-